All right, hold on. What's up, everybody? Uh, give me one second. I'm I'm desperately trying to do something that I thought would be super cool, and instead it's turning into a hot mess on fire. So you'll have to stand by with me. Let me actually just hide this for a second. Oh, let me just hide this for a second. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. My name is Gerald Osier. This is Simply Cyber Live, where we typically bring in industry experts and guests in order to bring their opinions, their thoughts onto the channel and bring it to you. But today, today's a little special. Today happens to be uh, my birthday and I was unsure what exactly was I was going to do, but I am super pumped and super excited to spend some time with you all. And I thought, how might I be able to deliver value to an audience like this? And my thought was, hey, you know what? I can simply do a Cybersecurity Career Answers AMA. Now, I want you to know over the next 30 to 45 minutes, first off, um, I genuinely appreciate all of you in the Simply Cyber community. I know many of you might be, um, well, there, there's probably a couple of in you who are like, who is this guy? He's like, I'm new here. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, and we'll get into that in a second. But for many of you, you are Simply Cyber community members. I uh, genuinely appreciate it. I see people like Gaming with the Cat, Nick Barker, um, a base case is in here. Carrie, obviously. Hey, hey, Hazel, Miranda. So a lot of community members that make the Simply Cyber community uh, amazingly good. Base case celebrating 12 months as a squad member. Enjoy that, base. Uh, thank you so much, Jose Cervantes, uh, Angel Perez, uh, Allison Carrera. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I appreciate it. So, guys, what I was thinking was, you know, what I can do is I can answer your cybersecurity career questions. I want this stream to be just hanging out, having a good time. But I want you to know that I have built a YouTube channel that's, you know, pretty successful. IT Sorceress with the with the uh, super chat. Thank you so much, IT Sorceress. Can I bring that on stage? Look at this. We're going to have, what? no, we're going to have high engagement, guys. Look at this. IT Sorceress dropping in $5 birthday gift. Thank you. Very nice. Um, I've, I've built a YouTube channel. I uh, have gone to school in various capacities. I teach at university. I've developed an online course. I am a um, cybersecurity practitioner uh, up the GRC track, a CISO. So I have a lot of different kinds of experiences. And, you know, I've just gone up and down the path many, many times. Um, you know, I work from home. I, I, you know, I do a lot from home, right? I've spoken publicly at conferences and stuff. So we can talk about cybersecurity career answers. And I am totally down to answer as many of those as you want. I will do as many as I can. But if you have other questions, please ask them. I'm, I'm here. Also, very rare. You won't catch me doing this very often on stream. Uh, hold on. I see a question from Carrie. Any questions you guys drop, I'm just going to flag and then I will, I'll start going rapid fire and asking them. Okay. Y'all, uh, Nick Parker guys. Oh my gosh. Base case with the super chat. Thanks so much base. Genuinely appreciate all you do for the channel. Also, um, you guys may have seen Dan Ritter and haircut fish actually made a meme of, of me today for my, uh, my breakfast for my birthday, but um, he actually did a Halloween one. And part of the joke was that I had these big cans base case will be happy to know. And many of you in the community may know, I actually just ordered a, um, like the kind that like professional newscasters use where it's like the little thing in their ear and it clips on their back and it's molded special to their ear. I was on it pro TV the other day and they had all the fancy stuff. And I was like, what are you guys doing with all this fancy stuff? And they're like, Oh, this is where we get it from. So I immediately went and, 
uh, just ordered it like a minute ago for, for a birthday gift for me, right? So uh, I should have these cans disappeared, but not have audio issues based. So um, that's what we're going to do. Now, the big reveal, guys, I will be enjoying a breakfast pint. Uh, for those of you who are in the Discord channel and know about beer love, I am enjoying a, a delicious pint. And I know the next question Lane has is, what are you drinking? Um, let me show you. Where is it? There it is. Oh, wait, hold on. You got the wrong screen. Check this out. I am drinking Hop Slam. My wife got this for me as a uh, birthday gift. This beer only comes out once a year. It's from Bells Up in Michigan. And this beer is diesel when, uh, when you're talking about hop flavor. It is so good. So I'd like to say, everybody, absolutely cheers. Thank you so much for all you've done. Simply Cyber has been around for three years. Um, and it's a big part of my life. And I want to thank all of you. So cheers to all of you. Oh, yeah. Nick Barker knows what the hop slam is. New Belgium voodoo. Actually, let's flip it up, guys. What's what's your favorite beer? What kind of beers you like? You guys more of a wine moment? You more of a uh, uh, a hard liquor person? Just coffee's your your jam? Oh, public sweet tea. I like that. Huzzah! I see you, Eric Silverman. Good to see you. Yeah, cheers to you, too. Let me. Oh, I see a question in chat. Let me flag that from Aaron KG. Here, as you guys, what's the best way to... Okay, so let me start answering some questions because I want to deliver value to you guys, okay? So first question right off the rip. Uh, and by the way, if if I miss a question and, the, and it kind of streams away, don't... don't um, please re-enter it into chat because I'm producing and hosting and, and doing all these other things, okay? Uh, Rich464 says, I have a sales background and I'm... Uh, Anisha Sanders, happy birthday, mine Sunday. Thank you for everything. Oh, Anisha, thank you so much. Very... Very, very generous of you. Um, I really, really, really appreciate that, Anisha. So Rich464 says, he's a sales background, transitioning into passionate tech. What sales-related positions are available for cybersecurity? Rich464, dude, you, assuming Rich is a dude, you are in uh, a really sweet spot. If you can work sales, you can make fat bank, right? Do, oh, I can use my sound effects. Great cash, homie. Right, you can make so much. Hold on, get out of here with that. You guys can make so much money if that's what you're into is money. Um, cybersecurity companies, especially big tech startups, the product side of the house, they need sales engineers. Like, I need, you know, another sip of my beer right now. Like, they absolutely need you. And obviously, because it's sales, it's commission based. But if you can put it to to the ground, you can go for it. I will tell you, there are all sorts of technologies right now, Rich, that. Um, like like the security product market is a multi multi billion dollar business all you have to do is look at like whatever uh tech is out there go to any trade show go to black hat go to conferences right um you will see all of them there and if you don't want to wait right away uh you can go to like you know simulate into like i i've worked with several of them i've interviewed several of them on the channel they all need sales engineers conceal.io um all of them right? And if you can help sell their product, obviously they're going to like you. So I would say lean into that. And then if you find your passion somewhere else outside of sales, right? You can pivot internally within the company. Now, if you were going to go for like a more corporate type job, um, that's going to be a little harder, right? So if you're going to lean into your sales, but um, all of those companies are going to be doing product. And if like, let's say Rich, you want to get into like SOC analyst work, right? Go work for a company doing sales. Cause you can get that job that their product like Intizer, right? Intizer is a company that sells 
tooling that's designed to make socks more efficient, eliminate false positives, give better enriched data, right? So if you go work for them and you get all spun up on what sock problems are, how to solve sock problems, what sock analysts do, and then you'd start doing a little bit of range and stuff, you're going to be a great sock analyst candidate because you understand what the role is and how to do it well. So great question. Thanks so much, Rich. This music's terrible, by the way. I'm going to have to, I might have to change, might have to change the song. Next question comes from our good friend and recently A plus certified, Carrie. Carrie asks, Jerry, how can I use my small amount of knowledge to get hired? I still have ways to go in the software part of A plus since I only have just the half the A plus. Well, Carrie, keep working on that A plus. Also put on your resume, um, you know, the second half of A plus and say like your anticipated date, right? So that's a good way to beef up the resume. Um, you do need to just keep uh, inc like continue to work. That's one of the big, um, I guess, drawbacks, if you will, of cybersecurity. Technology is constantly changing. Um, like techniques, the way threat actors operate is constantly evolving. So you have to stay current. And Nakari, I know you come to the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing every day. So you are keeping that information. You should you should really definitely um, think about the things that we're talking about on that daily show. Put it in context. Um, you know, do do some ranges. Figure out what job you want, right? If you just want a job in cyber, look at where the greatest kind of uh, a surface is for potential jobs. You know, ask someone like Joe Hudson, like, hey, what what is what looks like the current climate? Is it mostly SOC analysts getting hired? Is it mostly GRC people getting hired? Right. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you go to a larger uh, bounty of jobs, you know, you have a higher likelihood of getting them. Also, you know, professional services, you are former military carry, right? You can get um, federal government or professional services jobs like with Booz Allen and, and Deloitte and those sh those shows doing auditing, uh, FISMA auditing, right? And they love to hire those people. So hopefully that helps carry. Good question. Lane, my friend Lane, who does love the midnight. Lane says, all I need is the answer to what your favorite beer is. Oh my God. Okay. So really quick, Lane. Lane asks, what's my favorite beer? I'm going to take a sip of my beer and uh, and think about that. Oh, so good. Um, so I'm going to give you a really uh, consultant answer here. It depends. Okay. Now, it depends on what season it is. It depends what's going on. I will tell you, uh, Great Divides uh, Yeti is currently my absolute favorite beer. Uh, let me um, Let me show you guys on stream really quickly. Um, great divide Yeti. I don't know if you guys have had this, but this beer is, Oh, this beer is good. Uh, this one right here. Can we get it? This guy, you guys, you guys know this one. Oh my gosh. So good. It's an Imperial stout. It tastes like heaven. It's, it's almost, it's almost thick. It's so good. That's where my jam is. But in the summertime, I'm not going to drink an Imperial Stout. So uh, in summertime, you know what I like? I do like Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. I don't know if there's any other Dogfish Head people in here, uh, but Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA is a really good one as well. Um, but I will say those are both heavy hitters, so you got to be careful. Um, my kind of like casual drinking beer. Um, I do like Lagunitas Little Somethings. Uh, also, I find that those are quite delicious. All right, so let me let me go back into chat here really quickly. Um, what's up, Jeremy Williams? Stick to the ribs, Alana. Good to see you, Alana. You've been active, very active in the community. Uh, I appreciate uh, you and 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 the thoughts you bring to the community. Uh, definitely. 
Uh, maybe determine what frame... Okay, am I missing questions? Colorado beer's getting some love. Yeah, Colorado does know what's up, man. For sure. Um, hold on, let me flag some more questions. Jared Pierpoint's got one. I'm just going through chat, guys, and scrolling up, and I'm, I'm putting it... Uh, oh, Stefan! Waldvogel's in here. Hey, Stefan. You know, hey, guys, if you like the Simply Cyber Discord server, you can thank one Stefan Waldvogel, because, like, a million years ago, he was like, you need a Discord server, and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. It seems like I, it's beyond me. It, it's too it's too hard. I can't. I can't. So then he, he created one. <laughs> he created one. And then he's like, oh, why don't you co-host it with me? And then he's like, I don't work here anymore. <laughs> so Stefan Waldvogel uh, is the reason that the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the channel has a Discord server. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Anisa Redman's a mead girl. I do like a good mead. If you guys have ever had Dogfish Head's Midas Touch, they don't make it anymore. Um, but it is really, really good. It was like, um, the idea was it was the honey-based beer that they got from the Egyptian hieroglyphics, what the, what the, um, what the recipe was. Very cool. Um, what's my personal cyber Carl moment? Okay, so Aaron, great question, guys. Hey, if you've ever worked in IT for a second, and I would consider, this will be the only time I ever say this, I would consider CyberSec IT in this capacity only, okay? So if you've ever worked with technology, like you have some like, oh crap moment, right? Like everyone's got one. It's like their biggest mistake, their biggest mix up. There's a reason everybody who has gray in their beard or gray in their hair knows that you're not supposed to make a production change on Fridays. So Aaron, my uh, Carl moment, if you will. Uh, I was probably 24, first job um, out, of, out of college, 35 person, small business company. I was a web developer. The entire application that ran the whole business was a Perl front end uh, LAMP stack, basically Linux, Apache, uh, mod PHP, but the mod PHP was Perl. And there was no dev environment. There was no production environment. No one, I mean, there was obviously production. There was no dev test environment. There was one other developer and they hired me to like back, backfill him because I found out later they, were, they wanted to fire him. Okay. So I'm like just hacking code, hacking code, not really best practices, not checking in, checking out. Like, listen, this is like uh, early 2000s. We didn't even have like SVNs or source trees or GitHubs or anything like that. I'm just hacking like in prod and like, you know, with, with Perl, it's an interpreted language. So you don't compile it. You just make an edit, hit save and like it's live. And um, it had a Postgres SQL backend. So you just write in, in your standard SQL language. And I made a change to the billing system. And if, for those who don't know, like when you do database SQL queries in the where clause of the database, you say what tables to look at for the data. Now you can join multiple tables by like, if this table has a key and this table has the same column of keys, you join and say where this key equals this key. And it's basically how you merge the tables. So you can, you can do more interesting lookups. Well, if you don't join the tables and, and identify the key A and key A are here, and it should only return those. If you don't join them, then it looks at both of them in concurrence. And I had this ridiculous query, you know, I was trying to like do all the things at once and I didn't join the queries and I pushed it to prod. This is me doing, you know, the control S control X and pushed it to prod. And I was like, oh, look at me. I am just so good at software development. I'm going to have myself a Snickers bar, right? Because I would eat Snickers. And 
then I just hear like the equivalent of like the record scratch and the the, the screen pauses and it's like that's when he realized he up and you just hear people in the other room going what the hell what so like 35 person company 34 of them are now complaining because basically they started using the system and because the queries weren't joined, it sucked all of the system resources out of the server rack. I mean, I'm simplifying this, but basically the database was getting hammered. Everything was a hot mess. And even though I ran back in and did the joins, all of the query pulls were still executing on the database. You can't like, I, you can't, I fixed the front end. The back end is still running these queries and you can't just shut the database off because it's a production system and they're, the billing system is like people are making payments and the money, right? So it was a hot mess on fire. I felt nauseous. I almost threw up. Um, and the best part, this is the most Michael Scott thing ever. They, the, 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 the president of the company comes in. He's like, what in the hell is going on? And I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm just like banging on the keyboard. I'm like, don't worry. I'm fixing this right now. And uh, he's like, all right, all right. And I wasn't like the keyboard wasn't even connected. I was just banging on it. And I just waited like two minutes. It, it, now, granted, I had fixed the query. So all the queries that had failed basically cleared up and then everything went back operationally. He popped in. He's like, hey, great job getting that that issue fixed. Really, really good job. I'm like, ah! yeah, just like cold sweat. Like I didn't do anything. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea if that thing was going to get fixed or not. So I don't know if that counts as a Carl moment, Aaron, but that's definitely my uh, my 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 scary moment. All right, let me let me keep looking at chat here. Um, hopefully, sorry guys, I know I'm spending a, a minute or two on different questions, but I I, I really, and I, I I don't even I don't even get to say hi to everyone. Um, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Nick Barker. It's good to see Alana, James, Kimball. Did something weird just happen? I don't I don't know what you mean by that, but that was a few minutes ago. Uh, Carrie says when he worked in retail, they always thought the manager. <laughs> they thought he was the manager when he shaved his head. Uh, Segi's a uh, storage engineer in a, in a retain company. What kind of online sources is available? Here, let's read this one. Um, I, I'm going to do rapid fire, guys, because it looks like a lot of people have questions, okay? And I want to answer all of them. Okay, so rapid fire. Here we go. 30 seconds or less. I'm a storage engineer in a retain company. What kind of online resources do you have? Cyber professional and having master's degree in 20 years. What kind of online resources available to have a cyber professional? So... Sager, I mean, go to simplycyber.io. Um, look at look at this. If you if you're asking about resources, look at this. Okay, um, give me a second. Simply cyber. Someone can, can someone please from the community type simplycyber.io into chat, um, and then what is going on? Okay, so look at this website. Right, right here, free resources on the top right. This is tons and tons. You can doom scroll this. Okay. Sangi, so get in there. This is tons and tons of free resources. This is access to resources that can help you be a cyber professional. I don't know exactly what your goals are as a cyber professional, so you can use this to help find out. Allison, thank you, Base. Allison asks, what is the best way to transition from an IT support role into cybersecurity? Any advice? Yeah, okay, so Allison, here's what I would do first and foremost. Wherever you work, right? I, it, I'm making an assumption here, but wherever you work, if there is an information security office there, 
engage the CISO if you can, if, if they're cool. If they're not, engage whoever like the director of the GRC team is or the director of the SOC team and just say, hey, you know, I work over in IT support. I wanted to let you know that I'm really interested in cybersecurity. Is there anything that I can do in my role as IT support to help you guys or help you, your team accomplish your goals? Right there, Allison, is the first step. You are offering to be a uh, a piece of uh, a solution to a problem that they have. You're not saying, hey, do you have something for me? Do you have a job for me? You're saying, hey, I have something for you. Opportunity and capability and access to things. And I'm asking you how I can help you. Tell me how I can help you. So now you're delivering value to the information security office. Hopefully they say yes. I mean, you can even say things like I can help with, um, you know, multi-factor authentication. I can help run down uh, owners of, you know, systems like you do a vulnerability scan. There's systems that like are vulnerable, but you can't figure out who owns them. Uh, you know, like someone left or a system got pushed around the department or whatever. You can run down that grunt work, right? All that you're doing is delivering value to the information security office, making them aware of who you are and what you're interested in. And you're beginning to engage with them, right? So as you're delivering value to them, you can start getting experience as a cybersecurity, like with the cybersecurity team. And then I guarantee you this, Allison, when an opportunity comes up in that information security office before it's ever even floated publicly, they will likely be like, hey, Allison's been working with us. Allison wants to be on this team, right? Like, like, let's see if she's interested. Let's see, let's let's float this by her. I would do that. That That's to me the path to like basically getting yourself in there. It's essentially networking, but it's even like, it's like networking plus plus because you're actually delivering value uh, to your organization as well. All right. Jared Pierpoint, appreciate the squad support, Jared. Other than keeping up with the news and gamification and having sec plus and other entry level certs, what else can you use on your resume to have a great chance at passing HR? Okay, this is a life hack, okay? This is a life hack, and I love this one, okay? I, I'll have to find the uh, example that I saw, but like, as you do, um, res uh, as you do cyber ranges or home labs or anything, as you're getting, what is practical experience, Jarrett? Put it on your resume. Like you, like most people have an objective or a summary, then they have education or certs or, or job experience, and then they have education or certs or job experience, right? There's like, there's like kind of three sections to your resume. And that's the way most, at least in the United States, the way most people kind of read these things. So under experience, you're not saying professional job experience, you're saying experience. So if you capture experience and essentially kind of make it look like a job. I'm not saying be disingenuous or lie or anything. I'm just saying the structure and format of your resume. And you put like, let's say you do um, a burp sweep lab, right? You could say like, you know, web application, pen testing, cross-site scripting injections. I'm not saying like the bullet point list thing. I'm saying like, you know, a you know, discovered, you know, 35 um, vulnerabilities in web application platform you know, leveraging uh, Burp Suite Studio, right? So now, like, but, but you did it in a home lab, right? Well, there's no difference. Learning on a home lab and doing it professionally, 
there's not a lot of difference, right? People who are professional and getting paid for it, they still Google what the arguments are and what the flags are. Like I do it all the time with Nmap and I've used Nmap like a million times. I don't memorize the flags, right? So I would say do the labs, but document them like that way. Because when you're asking about getting past HR, HR doesn't know what we do or understand it. They're looking for keywords and, and you know, honestly, ALS tracking and stuff like that will um, just flag on those things. So if you keep them in there as experience, then it'll pass the HR auto checks. It'll pass HR human checks. People like me, hiring manager will look at it. I mean, I've looked at them before and been like, oh, okay, like this person's got experience doing these things. So I hope that helps, Jared. I'm, I am trying to go quick. Um, IT Sorcerer says, yes, as a recruiter, as a recruiter, hold on. Um, IT Sorcerer is dropping knowledge. Oh my gosh. You guys, IT Sorcerer is saying she's a recruiter or yeah, I'm assuming she because of the S. Um, but if I'm wrong, please correct me. Uh, she says, yes, as a recruiter, please show me what projects you're working on. Lab range is so relevant, can help us bridge gaps from your work experience. So true, right? If you don't say it, we don't know. Love it. All right. Cyber Kiwi asks, uh, what material courses would you recommend after my GRC course? Um, <laughs> well, let me take a sip. Uh, it's a good batch this year. So that's a fun question, Cyber Kiwi, because some of people, you're welcome, Jared. Some people don't know this, but some people don't know this, but I literally made the GRC course because I got asked all the time, where can I get GRC training? And I ended up, like I would tell people NIST 800 series is the best place to go, which it really is, but it's super dry. It's difficult to consume. And honestly, I kind of felt like, like, um, what's a, like a peckerhead. I guess that's suitable for work. Like I felt like a peckerhead. I felt like I was giving a really crappy answer to people who are looking for help. I literally made the GRC course so I could have a better answer to give people. So when you're asking me what, what to do afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, I don't have a good answer. I'm going to have to make a GRC analyst 201 uh, <laughs> course. But uh, to give you the, the answer, Cyber Kiwi, what I would suggest is um, go to NIST 800 series spec pubs, right? Now that you have the GRC course and you understand uh, audit and risk and all these things, go look at them and look at the 837. That's the risk management framework. Look at NIST SP830, so 37 and 30, right? Those are the two easiest ones to consume. 30 is like how to do a risk assessment. It'll model very similar to what I did in the GRC class, but it'll go into a, a much greater detail, right? It's probably like 300 pages. Um, what else? I would also recommend, um, it, you know, it's not crazy deep, but like Rob Lee, can someone in chat please help me, mods maybe? Uh, Rob Lee's blog, Rob Lee is the CEO of Dragos, which is like the de facto expert group on uh, ICS security. He has a blog post around how to do threat intelligence and how to deliver threat assessments. And I suggest you look at that because when you're doing the risks part and you're actually thinking through like, what is the actual risk of this threat being realized? It'll give you greater context and it'll enable you to be able to communicate more effectively both to your peers and to management when you're giving um, risk assessments based, like, like the actual output of a risk assessment, you'll be able to be better informed and you'll actually do better risk assessments. So uh, th thank you, uh, base case. I love base case. I, I, I base, I owe you a beer, or at least a beer. I owe you much more than that. 
Carrie asked, are there any jobs that can be paired with when I did retail work? I hope not. The retail jobs were not the best. I will look to see this as well. So Carrie, with retail, what I would actually suggest is kind of like think about the transferable skills that you had. Now you're saying like jobs that could be like that. Um, I mean, I guess you could do sales engineering. So in the world of like tech sales, Carrie, there's two like people who go to the client site for sales. There's like the sales guy and then there's the tech guy who like runs the demo, right? Josh Mason does this for um, Sim Space, right? He does the tech part. So talk to Josh about what I'm, to get better detail of what I'm talking about right now. But there's the sales guy who's like wearing the blazer and trying to like, you know, sizzle and sell stuff. And then there's the guy who's running the demo. Like it's still retail. You're still in sales. You're still helping the client. You're still going to the office, right? And there is a travel component typically carry. So, you know, be mindful. There could be remote stuff, but there's in cybersecurity, that sales engineer on the tech side is part of that sales team and it's required. And you don't really have to do sales. You just have to be able to fly around the application or the product or the suite or whatever it is that they're selling. And obviously they're going to train the crap out of you on it because they want you to be able to do slick demos. That's what I would do. Like lean into retail, lean into sales. You've dealt with difficult people. You've had to deliver tough news. You've been able to communicate. You've, you know what I mean? Like think of all the transferable skills and then kind of lean into that. Good question. Thank you, Carrie. Joe, Joe, James Kimball. James, thanks for being here on LinkedIn. Says, did something weird just happen? I don't know. Let me have a sip. Is this weird? Uh, okay. Hey, a little, a little, um, behind the scenes, you guys would never see this, but CBC is actually Charleston brew crew. When I first moved to Charleston, I, I really do like craft beer. When I first moved to Charleston, we didn't have kids yet. And I was, um, I have a lot of energy and I do a lot of things and I didn't have an outlet for that energy. So I started a social craft beer club <laughs> and it was called the charleston brew crew and we had about 75 members we would do events and go to bars or breweries and brewery tours and uh tailgating events and, and it was a lot of fun but um once we had kids i had to step away and then i i gave it to three people i i gave it to three people to run and it imploded <laughs> it imploded like almost instantly like the next event failed and then that was the end of that so anyways that's a relic of uh yesteryear for me um, we got a question here. What one cat says, what do you think of getting the CH as a starting certification? All right. Well, here's a hard truth. Um, okay. And I mean, no disrespect to EC council. Uh, and I'm going to try to say this as objectively as possible to eliminate any slander or libel because I'm not into that. Um, the CEH is a lot of people in the industry who practice professional pen testing, right? The offensive side of the house. Um, they do not respect the CEH. Okay. Uh, that's as plain as I can put it. Also, the EC council has been embroiled in plagiarism. I, I won't even call it accusations because I've seen the evidence um, on Twitter. Okay. And uh, they were definitely borrowing other people's content and not giving proper attribution and passing it off as their own. So, you know, there's kind of some questions for me about, about the organization. And then of course the actual uh, cert itself, as somebody in chat, Nick Barker just wrote, if it were me and I was looking for 
entry level certifications around pen testing, I might consider INE's, uh, whatever INE's entry level one is, I forget what it's called, and then uh, Pen Test Plus. And then if you really want to actually go YOLO, uh, TCM Academy's uh, Practical Ethical Hacking course, I don't think you get a cert for it. Maybe you get a certificate of completion, but like that course is legit. Like I've taken that course, I've paid for it twice because I, I wanted to use a different email address, but like that course is legit. Okay. Um, and again, so, you know, with all, so that's my thoughts on CEH. I'm trying to be politically correct, diplomatic, all those things. It does have value. I think they've worked their way into the DOD 8570. So, which means that it qualifies for certain billets in the U S government. But as far as like practical value and more importantly, how it's viewed by hiring managers and practitioners in the space, I don't think it carries the weight that some of the other ones do. Next question from Daniel Helmy or Helma. I'm sorry, Daniel. Read any good books lately. Does it need to be cyber related? Well, Daniel, I don't know if you know me, but I live and breathe. <laughs> I live and breathe cyber. So, um, yeah, well, in, in craft beer. But if a craft beer cyber cybersecurity brewery opened, holy crap. I have read a good book lately. Um, let me pull it up. This book right here, I'm in the middle of reading. It is fantastic. Here, how do we get this? Uh, let me make sure there's no personal information on this page. Okay. I am currently reading This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends by Nicole Pelroth. This book is excellent. It's, called, it's all about the cyber weapons arm race. It is a slog. It's a very thick read. I'm about halfway through it. And this book is sick. It talks about NSA, TAO, investments post 9-11 into uh, weaponizing cyber capabilities with the United States, how, Iran, um, how Israel and the United States went into Natanz in Iran and did Stuxnet and why the United States did what they did because Israel was pushing. They wanted to get something done. They were going to do something much more uh, militaristic and and then once the box was out, like once Stuxnet got out, it spread across the world. Then it gets into the zero day um, market. And like, listen, you can go on um, Bug Crowd or Hacker One and sell. Uh, you can find a zero day and sell it, right? Like as part of a bug bounty program and maybe get $10,000. But guys, seriously, if you find like a, like a sick zero day in like Windows operating system, there's countries in this world that will give you $250,000, $500,000, right? Because they will only have it. Nobody will know about it and they can weaponize it very quickly. And then it gets into the whole environment of like, okay, but I can sell it to you, but I could also sell it to your opponent and not tell you and no one will be able to know. So I could get a million dollars, 500,000 from each of you, right? It really, really lays out the entire zero day underground market and the, like how, how much, like, and even in the United States, right? Like the CIA isn't telling the FBI that they're buying zero days. So then both of them are buying it, even though they could have shared it because it's the same taxpayer thing. It's it's an excellent, excellent read. I'll, the final thing I'll say about this is Nicole Pelroth, um, or Pearl Roth, I said her name wrong. She writes excellent. It almost reads like a fiction spy thriller. It is so well done. So definitely check this book out. Thanks for the question. I do love reading uh, when I can. And this one is absolutely delightful. Final question, Dennis. Not final question, but final question until I uh, revisit chat, have some beers and uh, relax. 
How does identity and access management fit in other cyber roles? Have an interview next week for identity and access management analyst role. Okay, Dennis. Here we go. By the way, if you're a squad member, just know that I added a bunch of new emotes yesterday. So definitely take advantage of those. Okay, so identity and access man... Hold on. You guys don't want to look at the book anymore. N identity and access management is... Um, it's funny. It used to be part of like provisioning maybe IT as like, you know, you get spun up and off you go. And as we've moved to a zero trust model, the identity and the access has become more and more important. And we start getting into situations where like you have your AD creds, but it, you need to do like federated authentication with cloud service providers. So Dennis, um, one thing I would like, I don't, okay. So this is going to sound kind of harsh and maybe, um, maybe I'm old and I just, am stuck in my ways, but like, I don't think of identity and access management as a cyber role. Okay. It definitely has importance in the cyber world, just like ITs and operating systems have a place in the cyber world, but I am not, um, I, I don't, I think of identity and access management as a separate role, but as a cybersecurity professional, I'm helping dictate standards. I'm helping dictate appropriate, acceptable solutions for remote access for cloud systems, ca cloud access service broker systems, uh, those type of things, right? But I don't think of identity and access management as cyber. I will say if you have three years of identity and access management experience and you're applying for a cyber role, that's going to weigh heavier to me as relevant experience because it's tangential to cybersecurity. Okay. Having said all that, if I was going in for an interview next week, what I would do is the following, because I'm more interested in helping you get the job, Dennis, if you want it, right? I want it to be your decision whether or not you take it, not theirs. What I would look at is understand what federated, authentic federated uh, authentication is, single sign-on, understand um, the I have to apologize. My my little puppy just got sick and he was he was he he was about to throw up and I had to help him out. But he's okay now, all right? He must have ate something dumb. Woo! He's okay, guys. Okay. Um 
identity and access management. All, all I would say is learn the terms like uh, federated authentication, single sign-on, and more importantly, Dennis, you should understand some of the shortcomings and challenges with identity and access management. Um, like uh, legacy accounts, the fact that cloud-based accounts that aren't federated can persist after an employee is terminated. Also, um, privilege, you know, creep. And one of the real challenges is oh, hey, like I've been here years and they're hiring Dennis to come in and help me. And then they're like, hey, like give Dennis the same creds as Jerry, but I've accumulated a ton way more creds than I need and permissions than I need. And now you've been here one day access to everything because of really bad, um, really bad uh, uh, procedures, okay? And when someone quit, like someone quits and they don't shut the account off, those type of things. Be familiar with those concepts, and that will be what they ask you about, and you can wow them. All right. I I, I wish you the very best. Let us know. Okay. Um. Let me have a sip of beer. Ooh. Okay. I hope you guys are getting value from the stream. It's very much a different stream than I normally do. I will tell you this. Um. I'm going back through chat right now looking for um, questions, but like a, a, a show concept that someone submitted to me a while ago that I'm considering doing is basically like once a month, like uh, maybe a Friday afternoon, four to five or, th you know, three to four, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, basically, it would be called like Jerry's office hours or simply cyber's office hours or something like that. And the idea would be, um, the idea would be that I'd have a beer. You all hopefully would have a beer. I know some of you on the West coast wouldn't be able to get beers, but, um, the idea is it would be like, a, a like basically this stream, this is almost like a pilot for Jerry's office hours. Um, which, you know, I do office hours like as a professor and stuff like that. L let me know if that's something you're into. I, I don't know. We could have some fun. Uh, let me look at some more questions. Um, Robert says, hey, Robert, good to see you. Thanks. Robert's always commenting good stuff, like adding a lot of value to the conversation on on the, the stream. So thank you, Robert. Why haven't unikernels taken off as a must need from cybersecurity folks? You know, I'm not familiar with the term unikernels. Let me, <laughs> maybe that's why it hasn't taken off. It marketing campaign hasn't really, really gone bananas. Uh, Unikernels is a specialized single address space machine image constructed by using library operating systems. I mean, is this basically like a micro container, like a micro Docker? Um, in library operating systems, protection boundaries are pushed to the lowest layers, resulting in a set of libraries that implement mechanisms such as those needed to drive hardware or talk networks. Um, Honestly, like based on the very little that I just researched here, um, Robert. Unic hold on. Per fixed purposes images which run directly on a hypervisor hardware without intervening OS such as Linux and kernels. This has been around since the 90s. Um, My only thought based on here, I'm looking at this graphic right here. Okay. This is an on the fly. Um, I thought I'm looking at this graphic right here. 
The first thing that jumps out on this graphic, by the way, so the thing on the right is what a unikernel looks like versus a traditional uh, operating system. The My initial thought here is, Robert, that um, by doing this, you know, this is fine for like firmwares and IoT devices where there isn't massive changes, but when you're pushing multiple dynamic link libraries into, you know, updates and, and, and you know, processes and stuff like that um, to allow for flexibility and, um, you know, modular code uh, adjustments and stuff like that, you'd have to recompile the entire thing, which either could have a, a time commitment or like an overload commitment. You might have to bring the system down in order to fully uh, upgrade this versus just switching out a DLL perhaps. So there could be some um, some performance hits, right? Um, I don't know what the level of commitment is uh, for like migrate, like do certain applications, certain systems not support this type of, uh, you know, quote unquote operating system. Again, this is me kind of shooting from the hip, hip Robert. So, um, but that's my initial thoughts just based on the limited information I have. Good question though. I just learned a new term. Thank you. Okay. Um, what do you think of the new entry level cert from ISC squared? Okay. Um, entry level cert ISC squared. I'll give you a very honest opinion here. Certified in cybersecurity education. Is that the cert you're talking about? I'll tell you in a second. Who should get, hold on, let's look at this together. Who should get certified in cybersecurity? Current IT professional. I wanna see, like, I wanna see what the, um, what does it cover? Why pursue, what's, co oh, what's covered in the exam? That's what I wanna see. No, I'm not gonna register for this. Are you kidding me? Come on. I just wanna see what it covers. I'm sorry, uh, Joe, I can't really comment on it because I can't see, like to me, it's like, I need to know what does it cover? Is it cover multiple domains? Is this supposed to be like a security plus killer? Um, I will tell you this, ISC Squared, I think is a legit organization. I like what they do. I like the community that they support and the professional organization that they are. Um, if they put the time and effort into a security plus killer, you gotta remember security plus has been around for like, 30 years. It's been around forever. I got it like way back in the day. So if they had waited this long, like, dude, if it's all about the money, Kimberly, Great cash, homie. if it's all about the money, they would have come up with this a while ago. Right. So, um, I would think that they'd be a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more intentional in what they designed. And I think it would probably be good. The CISSP for years has been considered like the gold standard cybersecurity professional milestone to achieve. So, you know, I think it's I think it's probably good, but I'm sorry I can't pull up the um, the details in order to properly answer your question. Well, answer it better than what I'm doing right now. All right. Oh, hey, hey, Dan Reardon, good to see you. Gaming with Cat, I love all you guys here. Eric Silverman, good to see you. Eric Silverman. Oh, hold on, we got Jeremy Williams with like five questions. If you had to pick your own name and it can't be your current name, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> That's easy. Dickie Ascot. Next question. Let's see. One time I hacked a martini. The martini hack had an onion instead of an olive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, InfoSec Kid says it covers mostly Sec Plus. So then all I would say is if it's the same thing, then look at like the job, like work backwards from the job you're trying to get, right? If they're asking for it, you know, Sec Plus is really entrenched in the community uh of hiring managers and stuff so you might have to push on that but 
How long have I been saving that one? Oh no, that one's that one goes back to college. Not to be confused with Sebastian Lotzakok, but all right. So Robert Buchanan, is your application compiled? Uh, is your application compiled into a single purpose kernel with no other exposure but your application? Oh, okay. Well, that I mean that's kind of what a container is, right? So I like that idea. Um, I do like that idea. I will share this with you guys on stream. I attended Thursday Defensive t um, today, which is this thing right here with uh, Recon Infosec. And they had the uh, guy who's like the lead developer for OS Query. And he actually mentioned this book. Where the hell is it? No, no, no. Where is it? Give me a second. Yes, this book, which you can get for free uh, if you go to the... the um, author's site. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of trying to read it. Okay. It's called container security. And it's all about like a lot of people think, Oh, Docker Kubernetes, like, Oh, it's wicked secure because it's containerized. And like the term container is a misnomer. Like it's not wick. I mean, it's secure ish, but it still has uh, gaps and flaws and stuff like that. And this book gets all into the, the fundamental technology concepts to protect containerized applications, how to protect it, where the gaps are, weaknesses to worry about. Um, I'll drop this. Um, how can I drop a link in chat? I, I guess Google, <laughs> Google Liz Rice, Liz Rice, her name is right here, Liz Rice Container Security. And if you go to her GitHub, there'll be a link and you can get to it. Um, yep. Oh, I see Robert Buchanan uh, not liking it because it's got a, a extra crap in it. I, I hear you on that one. How many times have you named a VM the Gibson popped in and yelled at hack the Gibson? Oh, you know what? I do love the Gibson, but I have not. Uh, I have not done that. I have not done that. That's a good question, though. It's a fun one. Um, I'm looking back through chat. I'm going to have to go in a minute, y'all. Family dinner. My choice. I'm getting a pad thai burrito. All right. Um, going back and looking. What would your spouse say is your weirdest quirk? Oh, that's a pretty personal thing. <laughs> I can tell you. A, well, I wouldn't say weirdest, but maybe most annoying. So I got punched in the jaw. <laughs> I got punched in the jaw a lot in college. I'll just leave that there. Um, but right, right here, um, more than once. And because of it, I have uh, a bit of a, an issue and my jaw clicks when I chew. And you'd be surprised how often I chew, like, I don't know, at least three times a day. Uh, at least one of those meals is with my family. Uh, so, I mean, I think they've gotten um, attuned to it, but uh, that's definitely uh, annoying. I don't know if it's my weirdest quirk. What would, what would my weirdest quirk be? Um... Yeah, I'm not sure, man. That's it's a fun question. I'll actually ask her over to dinner tonight. Uh, what's my favorite meme so far? Um, Dan, do you mean that you have made or in general? Because I, I really, I really do like. I like the one with the car swerving off the highway and taking the exit ramp, and the different things that people come up with. Those, I, I find that one. Um, I I love that one. Oh my God, Nick Barker like jaw jacking yeah you nailed it man who knew who knew oh base cases favorites oh yeah 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 actually can i base is there a link you can send me is there a way to if i just type in oh yeah 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 into the googles do i get it no that's a green day song okay yeah there's a thing there's a thing i did on cyber insecurity one time and it's it was instantly memed so um i was still right 
Uh, how did you end up at the Citadel? So good question. Um, when I was at MUSC, I was actually being overutilized. And I had three jobs and I was very unhappy. I was unhappy with two jobs. And then they gave me a third job. Thank you, base. I will click on that. Um, oh, I, can you send it to me in chat? I can't click on it. Um, and I basically found out about a job because a guy... Oh, I see it, base. Thank you. A guy I went to uh, college with, uh, a PhD, uh, Corey Nance, he actually um, worked at the Citadel as a professor. And he they had an opening. He said, hey, you want to come interview? And I said, okay. So I interviewed and they loved me, right? Like, cool. Um, and they offered me a full-time tenure track profession and I won't get into the details, but the Citadel is a state college of the state of South Carolina. So it's a government college. So the government has certain pay ban constraints and what they could pay me was significantly less than what I was making at the time. And obviously with my next job, I wanted to make more than I was making. I certainly didn't want to take a pay cut and because it was the maximum amount they could offer me. I would never be able to make more. So I could be tenure track professor six years from now. And like, I'd still be making the same amounts. So like I wouldn't even grow with inflation. So from a financial perspective, it didn't make sense. I, I couldn't, I couldn't justify it. It was, it was unacceptable. So I actually was like, well, I can't really do this, but I really like the mission and I really love educating. You know, maybe we could do something else. And they're like, well, what if you taught as an adjunct professor and I said, oh, that sounds cool, but it has to work with my schedule. So I have to do it first thing in the morning. And they said, okay. And then that's how it started. And that's, I've, I'm the longest tenured um, person who teaches the, um, the, the class uh, at the Citadel. And I enjoy it. It's cool. So let me show you the meme. This is the meme. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This was around third-party risk management. And um, Neil Bridges walked me into a corner about being able to use third-party risk management questionnaires to decide whether or not you were going to um, do business with a company. He's like, okay, so Amazon says that they don't do anything. You think the business isn't going to work with Amazon? I'm like, Neil, like, like, and then I was like, my initial reaction was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like obviously Neil. So this is almost taken slightly out of context, but I do have a surprise. Like, uh, uh, there could be a Neil Bridges, uh, Simply Cyber, uh, um, Mick mashup coming sometime in the next, before 2023. Just tease that out there. Thoughts on cyber insurance? Yeah, I love cyber insurance. I The one thing I hate about cyber insurance is that a lot of business people think that cyber insurance is an alternative to cybersecurity when it's actually complementary to cybersecurity. I also love... Um, Jeremiah Grossman, you can Google him, CEO of, I think, BitDiscovery, but longtime uh, contributor to the InfoSec community. He said in 2016, he's like, insurance companies are going to dictate the controls that information security programs make. And I champion that 100%, and he's 100% right, because now premiums are wicked expensive. All the companies want cyber insurance, and in order to get it cheaper, which is what everybody wants, they want more cheaper, you have to implement things like MFA, security awareness training, you know, EDRs, like basic, basic stuff. And it's cyber insurance that's actually driving that. So good on them in the most indirect way possible. All right, let's see, looking at chat. Yeah, thanks, Kimberly. Neil and I have done a couple uh, mashups in the past and they've been really good. David Bomble, you know, oh wait, hold on. 
David Bomble, I reached out to him. I've had an introduction made to him. Uh, he did not, uh, he, he ghosted it, right? And I'm sure he's a very busy person. I get a lot of DMs that I can't reply to, so I'm, I'm not gonna say anything negative about him. He makes great content. Uh, I've tried, and uh, it's just not in the cards at this time. Um, what about Colin with Mike Pound? I don't know. I don't know who Colin is or Mike Pound, but I do like you, Justin Gold. Lane H asks, "If you could do it all again, would you change anything in your career?" Oh wow! Um, holy crap! Wow. Um, that's a really deep question, Lane. Um, no, I mean I'm very happy where I am now. <clears throat> Uh, the job that I took where I got exploited, um, I met my wife at. So there is definitely value in that. I wouldn't have changed that. Um, no. I mean, you know, I, I'm very happy with where I am and where I've landed. Um, I was thinking about it today as I woke up on my birthday. I'm like, you know, I, I'm very, very happy with myself, with my choices, with my decisions, with my life. Uh, I'm very peace at peace with everything. Um if I could do anything different, knowing what I know now, and it's funny because I talk to the cadets at the Citadel all the time and I try to impart wisdom to them and they're like, yeah, 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 we got it. And I get it. I was young and I thought I had all the answers too, but like I could get, I could be where I am today and be 34. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I could have done it faster. I didn't take the fastest route, the optimal path because I had to figure it out. I didn't have simply cyber or cyber insecurity or any of the great channels and people in the community or i didn't know about them i didn't i didn't take advantage of them i i really feel like they weren't there though um to, to help guide me so i had to make a lot of decisions and make a lot of mistakes and fail you know and reset and, and go so the only thing i would change is i would have done it faster because i'm happy now all right did you, hold on, hold on. You guys got questions out all day. Have you ever heard of Boyd Cluis? I have not. Aaron, did you ever get a response from Scammer Payback on YouTube? Nope, tried him too. No dice. Network Chuck? <laughs> no. I don't even know if Network Chuck is uh, responding to his own DMs. He probably has a team for that. Uh, but no, he, he didn't He didn't give me a sniff. I'm small potatoes, guys. 46,000? Mm -mm. I will say John Hammond is a really nice guy. Very cool guy. Spent some time with him in Deadwood. Also, Heath Adams over at TCM Academy. Great guy. Uh, and I love what they're doing over there. Any tips for PMs working with engineers? Um, yeah. I mean, with P with engineers, I would, I would try to ask them, you know, very specific questions. Engineers like to work in very, like, quantified ways, like, you know, you know, Hey, like what, when can you do this? And this is one trick that I always use, Nick. It's like, Hey, when can you, like, you're supposed to get MFA rolled out or you're supposed to like configure the database to interface with the front end web server, like whatever it is, how long is it going to take? And don't tell me a number you want me to know. Tell me a date that really works for you. And you know, I don't care how long it is or whatever, right? It will have, you know, obviously it could impact the schedule, but tell me what it's really going to take from you and tell me what you need to get it done, right? Allow the engineers to tell you when and what. Don't put, 
A lot of times PMs will push down their own schedule on top of you and it doesn't work. But if you say, I can get it done by Thursday, well, now you've just committed yourself. Like you told me Thursday, you're the one who set the schedule. People will feel more self-accountable, right? Do you think all security persons should develop something or maintain a solution first? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to have to code or develop software or anything like that, but understanding the pain points of a sys owner or an app owner or sys admin, uh, gives security people better context. I always say this, like, like you, if you learn it and then you're a security person, you understand how it's supposed to work. So then a security person can understand how you can circumvent, compromise, et cetera, attack or, or defend in a way that works for the business, right? Cause you, you could, you could shut the system off and it's totally secure, but it's totally unusable and that sucks. Right? So by understanding that you can actually have empathy for the business. And that's why it's really important for GRC people to be talking to the business all the time. Cause you need to understand the business and have empathy, 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 empathy. It's very valuable. All right. Um, you guys got great questions today. Thanks Rhoda. Come on in here. Have you ever heard of Mike Miller? Would you invite him to your show? Actually, Rhoda, Mike Miller was on the channel a couple weeks ago. If you go on to the Simply Cyber YouTube channel and search on Mike Miller, uh, you'll be able to pull that up. In fact, let's let's just do this really quick, and then I'm going to head on out real... Uh, two more questions, okay? Let's do this. Simply Cyber Mike Miller. Mike Miller, great guy, by the way. Um... Of course it doesn't come. Didn't he come on the show? Yeah, there he is. Yeah, so there's me. There's Mike. Here, I'll drop a link in chat. Um, Rhoda. There you go. Giddy, giddy, giddy up on it. All right, guys. Take care, Alicia Jerry. I've got to go too, guys. This beer is just about done. Ah, uh, delicious. I want to thank all of you for being here. Again, sorry about, you know, my, my, my dog getting sick, but that obviously takes priority. I hope you got value out of the stream. I enjoyed spending time with you today. Uh, it is my birthday. I love connecting with the Simply Cyber community. I love live streaming. I love sharing whatever experience and knowledge I have so you don't have to make the same mistakes. You can learn from the lessons and, and errors that I've made in my career and my personal life. And, uh, you know, hopefully shortcut yourself to a better situation or to a situation that makes you happy, leveling up your current career, pivoting to, into one that you love, whatever it is. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate all of you. This is part of the things that I wanted to do on my birthday. And I'm so glad that it fell on a Thursday so I could do this live stream. I'll go back and check the chat. I'm sure when I ran off for the dog, you guys said all sorts of great, funny stuff. Uh, but uh, let me know if you're interested in like the beer office hours. I, I would be interested in what people think about that. I might do it anyways, because this has been a really fun stream. And um, it's it's really been because of your engagement and because of the questions and answers and everything. Oh, thanks so much, Cybersecurity Central. Guys, definitely go follow Cybersecurity Central on social media. They do a great job over there. Kimberly McKnight is the, the brains behind it. And she's just amazing. That's going to do it for uh, today, y'all. I will say I've got to make a decision soon on whether or not I'm going to be playing copyright music uh, anymore. I, I could get my channel banned. Uh, so that's not good. I've had two days in a row of, of issues. Uh, and that's not, that's no bueno for anyone. All right, guys. I'm Jerry. This is Cybersecurity. 
career answers. Simply Cyber. Tomorrow is Friday, November 11th. There will be a podcast, 8 a.m. I hope you can join us. Thank you so much, Matt McDaniels. Thanks so much for everybody for the warm birthday wishes. Thanks, Lane, for the super chat. Very kind of you. Let me read this on stage. Thank you for all you do for the community. You've made everything so much easier and accessible. I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's what I'm up here trying to do. That's why I that's why I um, started it's why I started Simply Cyber, frankly. I shared the tweet from 2019 on maybe in Discord the other day, uh, where I said I think I might start a YouTube channel and help people break into the industry. And I did. All right, guys. Thank you all very much. We will see you soon. Tomorrow, 8 a.m. Take care, everyone.